Hello, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. This conversation with Jim Stroud was recorded remotely from our homes on May 19th, 2020, during the coronavirus lockdown, and as such, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. It's our mission at HRD to bring you the most important insights in HR and business transformation, regardless of where we are in the world or how we do it. And we'll continue to do so, whatever happens. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast, recorded live uh, from lockdown, uh, as you can probably hear from the slightly reduced audio quality, but uh, we're doing what we can in the current circumstances. I am thrilled to be joined by Jim Stroud, VP Marketing at Proactive Talent. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. Wonderful. I think you sound uh, a lot better than more awake. I think it's slightly earlier where you are. Uh, <laughs> you hear a, a lot more alert. Uh, yeah, it's not. Early afternoon here in Atlanta. So how are you finding things uh, in the lockdown? How, how have you been getting on? Uh, things have been going pretty well, actually. Um, I have been working from home for years. So the whole remote working thing is just another day, in the, another walk in the park for me. Uh, what I do miss is getting out and sitting in restaurants, you know, walking through malls and so forth. Mm. And we are, uh, as of last week, opening back up. So things are gradually getting back to normal. I'm seeing more cars on the streets, seeing more people walking their dogs, things like that. So getting back to some semblance of normalcy. That sounds good. I don't think we're quite there yet uh, in the UK, but uh, I look forward to that uh, myself. So in terms of when we talk about normalcy then, um, or rather, in fact, let's, let's, let's dial back initially. Throughout the, the, the lockdown, throughout the pandemic, um, I think there's been this huge array of different responses from, from businesses. Um, as far as I can tell, uh, HR, other kinds of leadership have responded in different ways. Um, what, what's your general take been? Has there been any particular responses that you've seen that you thought that was amazing or any anything that's been a concern for you? What, what's, what have you made of the state of play during lockdown? Sure. I think the biggest, uh, I won't call it an advantage, but the biggest transition that I think I've seen is so many businesses uh, transitioning into work from home. And I think that it's going to be not just a temporary measure, but a more permanent measure. I think it's going to be more of a thing where working in an office building where there are 7,000 people will be a thing of the past, uh, to quote the CEO of Barclays, who said that recently in an article. There's so many businesses that have been looking at the productivity level of their workers. Uh, there was one poll I read where productivity shifted maybe maybe a loss of 1% if that much uh, because of the work from home, depending on the type of business. And I think a lot of companies are looking at, hey, our workers are at home. They're being productive. Do we really, really need to spend all this money on office space? So you have people like uh, companies like Facebook and Google who uh, have said that most of their workers can work from home throughout the rest of the year. You know, unless you're working on a server or something like that, uh, you have nationwide uh, reducing their corporate office count down to, I think, four offices and the rest of their 4000 or so employees can work from home. Uh, you have Twitter saying that uh, their workers can work from home indefinitely, you know, come back to the office if you want mm. to. But, you know, working definitely. You have uh, Microsoft saying the same thing in uh, Seattle you know, that uh, their people could work from home. So I think we're seeing a real shift uh, in, in the workspace where people work from home. And I think that's going to affect a lot of different things. I think it's going to affect um, companies that 
Uh, as I said, have invested a lot of office space. That's going to change. I think we're going to see a lot of um, renters panicking, <laughs> to say the least. Like if all these people are being productive at home, why are they coming to the office? Uh, I saw this one company, uh, a real estate giant. I think uh, I want to say Cushman and Wakefield. They have this thing. And I want to say bless their hearts because, you know, they're like the kings of corporate office, you know, so they're definitely feeling the pain. They've launched this initiative called the Six Foot Office. And and the Six Foot Office, what it is, is all about keeping people uh, six feet away from each other as much as possible. So some of the initiatives they've done is uh, voice control elevators. So you walk to an elevator like Alexa, you know open elevator, you know, sixth floor. So you don't have to touch the buttons, you know, right. Um, Inside the elevators, only I think three people at a time. So they're spread out Uh, on the floor. The elevator are stickers that say, you know, stand here uh, for health reasons, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When you get out the elevator, there are arrows on the floor directing traffic. So traffic is one way around the, around the, around the office, you know, uh, so you don't, God forbid, bump into somebody head on and have a collision, right? <laughs> and then as you enter the office space, it's really interesting to me. As you enter the office space, you pick up this paper uh, paper mat, and then you walk it over to your desk. And You don't have your own desk. You just pick a, a, a station to work out of, like a Starbucks or whatever. Yeah. You put, the, you put the paper mat down, and you put your keyboard and your stuff on the mat, you know, so as to keep germs down. So oh, of course. Right, right. You know, and so you're doing your work there. If you circulate around the office, again, you still have to follow a traffic uh, direction of the arrows on the floor. And then um, if there's there's a section for cubicle spaces inside of their concept. And on the floor surrounding on the carpet that the cubicles that the uh, desks are on is like a circle, a six foot circle as a reminder, not to come within six feet of the person right, yeah, sitting right. at the desk. It's, uh, I can see why they've done that. I mean, mm. they have a huge investment to protect. Uh, when I looked at it though, I thought, man, that's, that's so, I don't, I don't even know the right word. Uh, if it's, well, is it's it interesting, or, isn't Orwellian? it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I suppose, cause there is an aspect of that because just this, that this um, a lot of the social aspects or of the relax the relaxation aspects or the comfortable aspects of work are just kind of gone yeah and i suppose there is Mm -hmm. this weird sort of post-apocalyptic feel to it but it also seems to me that a lot of the emphasis there and what you were just talking about is on physical well-being right it's 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 on um you know not getting sick and staying away from each other but i suppose like you say this orwellian i suppose aspect of it means that are we looking enough at the mental impacts of that afterward how it will affect our mindsets as employees and as workers and and team dynamics as well i suppose uh, it, 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 what do you, how do you think businesses should be responding in that way going forward it should i mean there might have to be a total rehaul of of well-being strategies yeah yeah I, that, that's interesting you say that because i was thinking about, thinking about that myself because you you're going to have uh, people react to trauma different ways you know, some people might have a post-traumatic stress disorder. Some might, you know, uh, have a zest for life. I, I survive, so I'm going to do all this other crazy stuff. I don't know. I, I think that HR departments uh, will have to shift to maybe have a stronger emphasis on mental health 
you know, um, they, I, I don't know specifically how things over there, but over here, we've had an increase in depression, uh, an increase yeah. in suicide rates, um, an increase in stalking, believe it or not, because people have nothing really? else to do but cyber stalk people. Wow. Uh, so uh, I've been reading, reading about that. Um, I think there's also maybe a bit of uh, a paranoia. You know, if someone casually coughs, you know, are people going to yeah. freak out? You know, are they going to like, you know, jump, jump under the desk, you know, that kind of thing? Of course. Well, I've, I've had that when I've been out in the supermarket and I have to cough naturally because I just have to yeah. cough. And it's only yeah. like, oh, I, <laughs> I can't cough. Yeah. And obviously that's going to, if there's this constant <clears throat> feeling of, of, of anxiety, it's almost like background radiation. You don't realize it's damaging you. But it is, mm -hmm. right? And I think if you mm -hmm. constantly feel like that, how is that going to affect your work, but also how you interact with your team and, and your leaders? It could totally transform the way we feel about being at work. Yeah, and I, and I have concerns too about communication with the teams. Now, I, I'm a mm -hmm. big proponent of, you know, virtual because that's, that's what I'm used to. Uh, but some people are not. And I know a lot of communication is nonverbal, you know? So even talking to someone uh, through, through a Zoom, you're only getting like the top part of the of their head <laughs> for the most part. You don't know if they're fidgeting with their hand, if their you know, their legs are shaking, and, and any other kind of nonverbal clues of that you course, can maybe pick yeah. up on uh, that you can only get in person. So there's that. Um, I'm wondering about uh, team building. You know, how closely can a team collaborate with one another if they're exclusively online and they don't and they don't meet in person at some point? You know. Mm. Um, so think, think about things like that. I'm thinking about executives who may um, be more risk adverse now than ever before. They may be thinking, okay, we just came out of World War III. You know, um, I'm going to be very conservative in how I spend uh, the company's money because yeah. we just came out of something. So I'm not going to take a risk on this new idea. I'm not going to even look at a new process. I'm going to think about just keeping the boat floating and, and steady sailing the rest of this year. And in the meantime, some new startup or some other company may say, you know what? Everybody else is playing it safe. I think now's the time for us to really be disruptive and do something different. Let's go mm -hmm. ahead and, and try this new thing, this new idea, this new product. Make, uh, make Take a risk, make a change, get a huge advantage over everybody else because a lot of executives are really just, you know, still sheltered in place in their mind. And they're not yeah. being, you know, uh, they're very risk adverse right now, supposed to maybe someone else. So of a lot course. of that goes into it. And that's going to affect the overall health of the company. Mm. If a company's not growing, if it's not doing different things, if the next iPhone 20 <laughs> isn't coming out, <laughs> you know, next year. <laughs> yeah. If there's, if there's no anticipation of that, then, you know, are people excited about the product? Maybe they're going to start looking at Samsung because Samsung has a new Samsung X2, whatever, you know. And so they're taking the risk. They're taking the chance. So people are more excited about that company. So Apple starts to lose share. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole lot that goes into the the uh, mental repercussions of all this stuff. There's a, I mean, there's a huge amount, as you say, there's almost everything we can think about is probably going to change in some way, I think, in work. Yep. Even yep. some things for the better, like uh, yeah, on, on your note around virtual communication, I think that presents a lot of advantages in some ways. People who may not have been able to work in an office space before, um, people who whose offices might not have been designed for their needs now have an opportunity to do that, you know? And so there are, mm -hmm. great, there are great sides to that. But as you say, there are some things which are, some companies won't be able to move forward. Some will get the wrong idea. And 
one thing I know that uh, from previous discussions we've had is uh, one thing I know that's very Im- important to you is is privacy, employee privacy, oh, yeah. and 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 the role of that in the workplace now that operates. And one thing I've seen quite a lot at the moment is uh, a rise in discussions around productivity monitoring software and tools that can be deployed because obviously uh, a, lot, a lot of leaders now are thinking, okay, well, I can't physically check in. I'm not in the same space. I'm not co-locating with employees. So how can I ensure that certain, um, not only that certain targets are being met, because obviously there are KPIs in place that measure that sort of thing, but also just how can I see what they're doing, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it seems like there's a very dangerous, there's potential here for, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's there's a potential that businesses are in danger of using this situation to go too far or being misguided? What do you think? Oh, most definitely. I, it's almost like it's um, an empty nest syndrome for, for like parents have, a lot of managers right. tend to have, you know, and some of them are really reacting negatively. I'm going to share some some anecdotal uh, things that I've heard about. All right. So some managers are like, all right, I can't see you. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to ask you to open up your webcam and, you know, do your work as usual. And if I happen to come by your desk, you know, check on you like I would walk in the office at, at work, then fine. You know, and they say that it's, it's a, as a way of creating an open office atmosphere where they uh-huh. can just pop in. But it's really just to see if you're working. You know, yeah, so there's that. It's <laughs> pretty, much, like pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Or, or they may ask for constant updates. You know, so, hey, what are you doing? 10 minutes later, hey, what are you doing? 20 minutes yeah. later, hey, what are you doing? Like, I'm trying to work, but you, can't, you keep interrupting me, you know? Well, it's like if you're in the office, I suppose, and your manager, whoever did that, or the leader of your team came over every five minutes and said, hey, how's it going? You'd think, is everything all right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What's yeah, happening? Yeah. So I suppose there's, there's no difference there. And the fundamental issue, I suppose, is, is still trust. It, trust is at the heart of this, right? And that hasn't changed. But yeah. so why, are, why, why are leaders some leaders responding in this way. I, I think it just I think it's just a matter of the out of sight, out of mind concern. You know, mm. I don't know if you're watching Netflix all day. You know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're you know just just watching you know TV and not doing anything. And I and I think a proof of that is that may well maybe employers to trust their people at work, but they don't trust their people at home. You know. Mm. And so one thing that's really been booming uh, actually, it was booming just prior to the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, it really, really boomed. A lot of uh, companies have been buying a lot of uh, monitoring software, right? Yes. And this, and these softwares, what they do is they will monitor things like uh, keyboard strokes, you know, and, and document viewings. So, like for example, if you are on a, any given day, you're tapping on your on your keyboard, um, you know, five thousand buttons in a day, just mm. tapping away, you know, and, and all of a sudden uh, you're tapping away and there's like a thousand buttons you're pushing, you know, and maybe you open up two documents. All right. Well, that's, that shows that you're a little less activity. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing a whole lot less of it uh, than you were uh, the other day. So uh, they have uh, software that monitors that, that kind of thing. Uh, they also have software that monitors if you have it on your phone, Everything that's going on in your phone, even your WhatsApp messages, you know, wow. uh, which is really uh, creepy <laughs> in it's my troubling, estimation. It? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's, it's a slippery slope because 
if a company issues you a computer, then they have a right, at least here in the States, to sort of monitor your work. You know, um, it's it's um, it's not against the law. And actually, if you look at an employee handbook when you join up, you know, it's usually in the fine print somewhere that, you know, on the company issue computer, we, you know, we may monitor your your email. And, and I can sort right. of see some of the pros and cons in that. Right. So some of the yeah, pros of, of that might be, you know, you protecting your company against litigation, you know, because, yeah. you know, we check email and see if someone did something, you know. Or well, somebody, might, it's safeguarding, I suppose, yeah, in some ways. If, if, if there's a disagreement or something and you need to be okay, I need to be able to see what exactly happened here so that an HR exactly. professional can make sure that it's, it's solved. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Or someone's uh, dumb enough to email uh, intellectual property of the company to a competitor across the company email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, you know, it happens, though. It, it, happens. Does, happen. yeah. it does happen. It does happen. So there, there's some good for that. But the whole privacy thing, it's one thing for them to be monitoring you so much at work when you're in an office setting, you know, uh, you, mm. you have somewhat of a good argument for that. But when everybody's working from home and the trend is everyone's going to continue to work from home, at least for the foreseeable future, as I can tell, essentially yeah. what you're doing is companies are spying on people inside of their homes, you know, mm. whether that's intentional or whether they say, you know what, we're going to turn off the, the spying at a certain time, there's still different mistakes that could happen. Like, for example, there is um, an article I read just prior to our call where this guy was meeting with the Brazil president and uh, the president of Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro, I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. And when he was in the, uh, the Zoom with all the other dignitaries or whatever, he thought he had his camera off, but he didn't. <laughs> and so he had his laptop in his in his bathroom, and he was showering and shaving, you know, oh, shirtless. No. <laughs> oh dearie me! So that's, I mean, that's, a, that's an entirely other set of problems. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, I think, oh dearie me! I think, um, I think <laughs> for me though, I think the issue here, I think, is that if you're going to the the extent where you're spying or, mm -hmm. or using that kind of software, I think, sure. For example, if you see that. Um, Productivity has gone down for one mm -hmm. employee, right? Surely the the solve here is um, okay. Well, obviously there there might be some external pressure on them. How can I help them to perform better? Not I know you know not not watching them and I don't. But maybe some amount of monitoring can safeguard. It's a very complex. I can see how they put the argument forward. Uh, you know, leaders who who adopt this kind of technology. But what would you advise to HR leaders or, or business leaders who are who perhaps this idea has been floated and they're thinking, okay, what's best for my team? What's best for my organization? What should I do? Share two suggestions. The first one uh, sounding very self-serving, but it's, I'm trying to be helpful. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if they go to our website, go to proactivetalent.com and look at our blog, we have several articles around remote working strategies and how to, and how to manage remote people. Um, our company has been pretty much remote based since its inception. Uh, we've been around several years and we've actually helped some companies and some of our clients, you know, um, manage their remote workers uh, with our suggestions with our blog post. So that's that's one. Secondly, I would do a bit of research on what's called ROWE, R-O-W-E, Results Oriented Work uh, Environments. And those essentially are uh, managing your workers based on results as opposed to time. Uh, all that to say, if I need a report done by end of day Thursday, 
I don't care if you do it by I don't care if you do it at two in the morning or uh-huh. two in the afternoon, long as on Thursday when I have it, it's right there. So now I am grading your viability as a worker by how you deliver a result to me at the time that I need, you know. So and unless we have uh, a meeting, you know, where we have to be there at the same time, I pretty much I won't say I don't care, <laughs> but I pretty much give you the leeway to conduct yourself um, as a professional, you know? And I think that what managers don't realize is that if you had that more of a goal for your workers, then people who do not deliver results will weed themselves out, you know? So so you can say, hey, I asked for A, B, and C by this day. The day came, I didn't have it. Asked for it again two more times on two different times of the week. I didn't have it. So at this point, you have selected yourself out of the office that you're, you're not you're not capable or you're not mentally um, available to work remotely. You know, yeah, every, yeah. I, I found that a lot of people actually can't work from home because they just aren't either mentally able because they're so given to distractions. Yeah. Yeah. It you know? really depends on your on your mindset and how you work. I think I, I, I find certain aspects of it challenging and not others, but I've heard. Some people say, oh, I find it really easy. And others say, I simply can't do it. And they have to go elsewhere, just outside of the living space. Because I suppose it's, yeah, it's distractions. But also, if you're at home, if you have a family, I suppose, there are things that will be on your mind. It might not even be that you can hear noises or you mm-hmm. have to do certain things. Your your mindset changes depending on the setting you're in. So I think sure. I, I can see how certain stresses will enter and you think, oh, you know, I can't do this. And it's and it, it raises all these questions, as you say. It's it compl- it just really complicates that. But um, one one thing I'm interested to know about when you talk about this uh, this row approach um, mm-hmm. to to, uh, to delivering results, does that have any effect on? Um, so obviously, I mean, in terms of hours worked during the day, do you have hours fixed? Do you does that affect remuneration and compensation in any way, or? Or is it a case of it's it's it, it, it's still set as it would be, but it, it you don't have to necessarily work the nine to five. Hours Pretty much out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my experience, not only at Proactive Talent, but across other organizations that I worked in, because I've worked remotely for a long time. Um, the it, you're not it's not a matter of hours worked. It's a matter of results. Yeah, uh, it's a matter of being there uh, when we're having group calls or. Uh, Zoom meetings or you know group chats that kind of thing, being okay being there, uh, but beyond that, just getting it done at, at the right time uh, when it's needed. Uh, mm-hmm. Being a very effective communicator, so uh, what helps a lot is to send uh, either a lot of emails, you know, or have some sort of internal communication system, and have a protocol for uh, how you want to communicate. So, mm-hmm. for example, if something if I need to ask somebody something really quick sort of the equivalent of going to their cubicle and asking them a quick question, then we may use Slack for that. Yeah. If I'm communicating uh, with a client, definitely email uh, so I can so I can make sure that's trackable in that, in that regard. Um, if, if I want to reach somebody after hours, I would probably ask them, what are they more comfortable with? Do you prefer that I email you? Do you prefer I Slack you? Do you prefer I send you a text message? You know, mm-hmm. Knowing the people's um, communication style is important. If it's a situation where I am working with somebody, make sure that I'm using an online collaboration tool. Like there are plenty of times we may, I may collaborate with someone over Google Documents, you know, or, or some other tool similar to that. 
Thank you so much, Jim, for sparing the time to, to speak to us. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you can join us again soon. Hopefully, maybe in person at some point on a, on the yes in the future. That yes, in less than six feet, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, to Jim Stroud for joining me. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast at hrdconnect.com, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye bye.